And so they start to believe that they will only be worthy if they succeed at some external thing. Welcome to Solve With Sessions podcast. I'm your host, Emma Evelyn Campbell, and you're listening to the right podcast if you're ready to push past your limitations, navigate your fears, and live a life aligned with your truth. I believe we can express our true nature and power when we get to know who we truly are. And this podcast gives you the tools and resources to do exactly that. So join us as myself and guests share our soul's truth so that you can feel safe to share yours. Don't forget to head to the show notes to get even more involved with the community. Now, let's get on with our episode for today. I just like to start with people really getting a feel for like who you are and what your journey is and stuff. So if you wanted to like introduce yourself and just give a give a look, like listening to your journey and how you got to doing what you're doing um, in terms of the spiritual space and and what it is you actually do. Yeah, so I guess I'll formally introduce myself and then kind of dive in. Uh, So my name is Sonia and I am a mindset and behavior change coach. And outside of coaching, I am a board certified behavior analyst. So um, really with that background, like I did my master's in behavior analysis. And so that actually lends me a lot of um, knowledge and evidence-based strategies in behavior change. And so with that said, I guess like, you know, in the, in my early twenties on my healing journey, I really started going through that type of true real experience when I left an emotionally abusive relationship in my early twenties. And Mm -hmm. then I really began understanding more and more about myself, my upbringing, my relationships, uh, my inner child and how my career really has shaped who I am today. So kind of before coaching, I worked in an agency that was implementing behavior therapy for kids with autism. Mm -hmm. And so I was a supervisor there. And so my passion for coaching kind of really came out of that job. Mm -hmm. Um, So I still actually do some of that work on the side outside of coaching. That really Mm -hmm. uh, brought me into this space of coaching and guiding people through various different things and strategies and difficult situations. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of where it really stemmed from. Great. And so when you do your coaching, I guess, if you're talking about, you know, mindset and behavioral changes, so what is, what is it that people are coming for you for? What is it that people, you know, need help with that you find is kind of like the most common thing that you, that you see in people wanting this kind of, you know, move forward in their life to move forward in their life? Yeah, so I would say a lot of mindset blocks or limiting beliefs that are things Mm -hmm. that really have gotten them stuck in relation to their conditioning or their past. Um, So that really looks like, you know, people pleasing ways, procrastinating, or seeking validation from others. And really, those are the kind of big umbrella things that really lead to, you know, fear of judgment or fear of abandonment and, you know, all of these variations of different kinds of fear. And so what I really do in my coaching is breaking that down and seeing, you know, okay, let's kind of look at our past because everything that we do today is really a learned behavior. And so that's really the whole core component of conditioning, right? Is Mm. looking at our past, seeing you know, there are certain aspects in our life that we didn't get specific things met. 
And we still to this day try to seek those things Mm -hmm. in various different ways. And so really breaking that stuff down. And so that's kind of the, all of those kinds of fears are the core that we really break down. And then encompassed in that is really all of the Mm evidence-based strategies in building positive habits and making those positive changes in their life and what that really looks like. So really breaking it down to understand it and where it comes from and why, which allows you to almost release that, you know, from you Mm. as yourself today, and then to build that future and move towards those values and, you know, committed action towards like this future you that you really desire. And then, Mm. you know, all of those behavior change practices Mm. really start to build that future you. So, yeah. Totally. And I guess a lot of that is the, I guess, understanding the root of that fear then. And, and, and it, how do you find that it most commonly is, you know, what is at that root? Is that different? Like, is that unique for everybody? Is that kind of your life experience? You know, what is it that's formed that root? And how do you actually shift that to a more space of, of love and of enjoying your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really great question. Well, in all honesty, I I do want to like bring up the inner child because I feel like mm. that is one of the core things that really allows us to look at our past and also how to look at certain wounds that we have and how to really heal them moving forward. And so all human beings, we have a part of ourselves that hasn't fully grown up yet. And that part mm-hmm. may feel and react to these conditioned circumstances uh, from our past in present day, similar to a child, like how we were experiencing it when Mm -hmm. we were younger. And so if people are, you know, impulsively reacting right now um, in their present day, or they get triggered in certain situations, this essentially means that there is a wound that still needs healing. And also, Mm -hmm. I just want to add to this is that this is totally normal you know, this is, you know, everyone Mm -hmm. has a different variation of this. And so if you've never really known or looked into this before, like that's totally normal as well. Um, And so these things are not taught to us, right? And so instead are created through different experiences and learned behaviors in our childhood, in our environments that we are raised Mm -hmm. in. So Once we can start to look at these things, uh, we can start to do the inner child work. So with that said, you know, inner child work is when you connect with your little you, really from any past age, Um, you know, could be your childhood or even your young adulthood that you kind of go back to, to look at certain experiences. And so this allows you to see where certain issues you may be facing in adulthood come from. And the whole core component of working Mm. through this is that it can really help you discover, you know, emotions to be released, old behavior patterns that no longer serve you, recognizing unmet needs from your childhood. And then really the biggest component of this is really increasing that awareness of all of these different things that you have been carrying around with you that are not essentially you Mm. as you are today. Mm. And overall, just building that better understanding of yourself. And so that's kind of the core of working through the mindset blocks and understanding those things from, from your past, really. So I guess I'll give an example just to kind of break all of that down. So 
Mm, that would be yeah. Yeah. so let's right. say a kid grows up in a family that one of the parents was really hard on them academically expecting them to get really good grades typically things were said may have been something like you need to do better these grades are not good enough you can't go to this person's house because you didn't get good grades they're all of these things mm-hmm. you know were told to them what do you think will happen right and so in the end this can have a lasting effect on somebody and how they believe in Mm -hmm. themselves. And so they start to believe that they will only be worthy if they succeed at some external thing. And so in adulthood, they work and work and work Mm -hmm. to try to be seen and heard and understood, and they place their worth in their job rather than in themselves. And so when they don't succeed or have trouble at work, They immediately think all of these old thoughts of I'm not good enough. I can't go out because I have to finish this. You know, you have these thoughts because they're instilled in you when you're younger. And so it can be really hard to wrap your head around these ideas initially when you are just learning this information. And so it does take a lot to process it. And so in turn, if we have a situation Mm -hmm. happen that may relate to these types of past experiences, we get triggered in our current day, if we have not necessarily processed these wounds yet. And so this is the starting of that healing journey, recognizing those wounds that trigger us, digging deeper into Mm. our past to understand why we're triggered still today. Um, And then this allows you to really break free from it over time. So the more awareness can really bring out that larger acceptance and compassion uh, you can have for yourself and knowing that this all of these kinds of triggers and past do not define you. And one of the big things I always say is you are not your thoughts. And so, you know, there's a lot of thought work and thought process as well that Mm. I work through with my clients. Like acceptance and commitment training is one of the scientific frameworks that I use in my coaching. That's my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, I actually, I've had therapy with that recently and I absolutely adore the process of it because it is you're really committing to yourself, you know, you're committing to choose you, which I just, I think is one of the greatest journeys that you can actually embark on, because by choosing you, you really get to know yourself at a deeper level, and it helps you show up better in all areas Mm -hmm. of your life. Yeah, and honestly, that's, you know, within ACT, it's, I, I truly do. Yeah, I agree. Like I love the framework because it's not just used for, you know, one modality or one type of thing. It's, you know, it could be like, mm. I, like when I went through my, my certification for act, like, you know, everything is like, you apply it to yourself first, right? And it's like, you walk through, and you utilize mm. all these tools. And so it's really encompassing, you know, being able to be in the here and now, like contacting the present moment, being able to have that acceptance and open up, um, knowing what matters, which is really like, what are your values? And then making that committed action. So doing what Mm. it takes. And um, through that process is really that self is context, which really means flexible perspective taking, which is kind of opening your mind to multiple perspectives. Mm. And diffusion is like the number one main core thing in ACT that allows you to really Mm -hmm. work through and break down (laughs) your thinking process. Could you um, give an example to someone of what actually diffusion is? Because I think when I even when I first sort of heard it, and I just didn't really 
like first understand the concept until it was explained to me. So, could, you know, and I'm sure someone who's listening now thinks, you know, what on earth is just diffusion? So could you give an example of, you know, what that technique actually is? Yeah, definitely. So, so the main thing in ACT is that it's looking at the psychological flexibility. So really allowing you to understand mm-hmm. that whatever kind of experiences you have gone through, you're not trying to get rid of or avoid them or push them down. The whole component of ACT is embracing it, acknowledging it, understanding that these thoughts and feelings will always come up in our life. Like there's no, there's no way around that, right? And I think that's something that mm. some people get wrapped up in is they're like, <laughs> I just want to get rid of this pain. I just want to get rid of these thoughts. I don't want to think of these things anymore. And that's also a very natural human response. Like that's what our bodies, you know, it's, it's totally normal for us to feel that way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in some other types of therapy and whatnot, you know, sometimes it's either expressed to either detract from the thoughts or, you know, try to control them. And the whole Mm -hmm. thing with act is really kind of stepping back and becoming the observer of the thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so one of the most powerful, the opposite of yeah. yeah. And so with diffusion, it really, the opposite mm-hmm. of that is fusion. So as I mentioned, like you're fused with these thoughts. So mm-hmm. a very easy example is if you're saying I'm a procrastinator, you might be, you're fusing that thought with mm-hmm. your identity because you're saying I am a procrastinator, mm-hmm. right? And so you're very fused with this type of thinking. And so if you fuse yourself with that thought, you're going to then spiral into other thoughts of like, I can't do this. I don't have enough time. Like, I don't know when I can finish this task. Like then you, it kind of spews into other thoughts that are all stemming from this one of, I am a procrastinator. And so <laughs> we can be fused with these thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so that fusion is really this, in act, they call it, you're hooked. You're hooked to these thoughts. And so the, mm-hmm. the point of diffusion is using techniques to unhook from those thoughts and really breaking them down. And so one of the biggest things is really observing the thoughts objectively. So one of the diffusion techniques that I use um, with my clients is the number one first thing that I really do. It's called the three N's and it's noticing, naming, and neutralizing. And so one of the core things really with that is noticing that you have those thoughts because a lot of the time, like let's just continue with the procrastination example is we are so focused on the behavior. We're Mm -hmm. so focused on like, oh, why do I procrastinate? You know, so like that's one of the main things that we focus on. Mm -hmm. But we skip those first two steps of what feelings came about and then what thoughts, you know, elicited that because it all starts with what goes on Mm -hmm. in our head first. And if we're not really aware of that or haven't really done any of this kind of work before, we don't think about that step. We don't know about that step. And so that first step is noticing it. So, Mm -hmm. okay. If I were to tell you, okay, I noticed you're saying I'm a procrastinator. Let's look at that a bit closer. And, you know, I want you to notice every time you have certain things come up, that what do you say to yourself in those moments? So it's really catching it and noticing it, not not judging it, just purely noticing. And so that's the observer self really like looking at it and then naming it places it separate from you. 
And so that's the whole core component as well, is you want these thoughts to, to look at them objectively, you can look at them in a more open mind. And so naming it gives it mm-hmm. context that is separate from you. So naming could be like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. having these like mm-hmm. procrastinating thoughts or I'm having these anxious feelings. I'm noticing that these th- these are coming up for me. That could be labeling it or you could literally give it a name. So for example, like I've given mine Brenda. And so like you can, you know, say to yourself like, oh, mm-hmm. like I'm noticing Brenda coming out today again. And that allows mm-hmm. you to mm-hmm. see it separate. And then, but the key part of Is this, that kind of like detaching from it in- yeah so because the you know a lot of people once again they want to try to get rid of it and so this is allowing you to notice it and see it that it's there and that's okay Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. the detachment is really Mm -hmm. you don't want these things to necessarily be a part of your identity wholeheartedly like if you're trying to understand yourself Mm -hmm. on a bigger level that this is opening those doors to really look at it from a different perspective. Because if you place it to your identity, if I say to you like, oh, I'm noticing you're saying like I'm a procrastinator, you might come back to me and say, yeah, because I am. And that shows that there's a lot of fusion with that kind of thought and that kind of belief. And so the work is really breaking that down and saying, okay, well, let's just notice it. Notice how many times you have these thoughts come up and name it when it happens. But the key third, that third step of neutralizing is the key component in that. Because if you start to notice a name, you can still get into a loop of, okay, I'm noticing that these thoughts are coming up. Cool. Like you, you can still get wrapped up in them and still be hooked by them. And so that last one Mm -hmm. is really Mm -hmm. the acknowledgement. So saying, you know, yep. Hey, Brenda, or hey, procrastinating thoughts. I know that you're there. I see you. And I'm going to continue my day anyway. So like you can come and go as you please, (laughs) but I'm going to continue doing me. And so that allows you to, you know, have that separation from it and acceptance that the acceptance part is a process because that's not just an easy thing of me being like, oh, I've caught, I've caught my one thought and now it's good and I can like, you know, accept it. <laughs> It'll be a process over time with <laughs> practice of noticing it over a longer period of time being like, okay. Because once you start to notice it and catch it, mm. it becomes a quicker process and then, then it becomes more at ease and then you're less stressed. And the whole core component of after all of that is taking action. So now that you've noticed it, What is one tiny, tiny action that you can do to help move yourself towards your values and like who you are, you know, Mm. aspiring to be? And so that combination of noticing and being aware, but then making sure to take some form of action afterwards, then reinforces Mm -hmm. this, these new Mm -hmm. patterns and it's, you know, it's bumpy at the beginning. It's not like an easy road initially, but like the more you build that awareness, the stronger it becomes to really having that separation and that acknowledgement of, okay, yep, like that thought's coming up again, but you know what? I'm not my thoughts. I'm good. I know that you're there. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And if it's, if you're still, you know, stuck in that, okay, what is the tiniest thing I can do right now? 
I could literally be like drinking water or opening your laptop to start that task. Mm. Um, or, you know, texting a friend to say like, I need to start a task right now. Like give me some motivation, you know, like some little thing that's like just getting you into that direction or get up and go for like walk around your apartment. Um, or take three deep breaths. Like it's all these little steps. And then once you do that, mm. you then can start to build momentum with more little tiny steps that really get you there. And then that's essentially one little step that you can totally. really help um, in those moments. <laughs> Definitely. And I think people will relate to so much that because I feel like as a, as a, as a society, we we kind of get stuck on a bit of hamster wheel with a lot of these thoughts, you know, they become recurring patterns that, you know, manifest in our lives because we are stuck on these thoughts of make, and it's become who we are, you know, uh, it's become our identity. We forget how powerful language actually is by saying, I am, you know, you're tying that, that uh, emotion or that situation, whatever it may be, to who you are and your identity where your identity couldn't be further from the truth of that you know that is not who you are and you know so when we talk about the observer you know the observer and I think this will sound quite foreign to a lot of people what do we mean to be aware of your thoughts you know what does that actually mean like to watch and notice your thoughts how do you kind of shift that because I think a lot of people will say well what comes in my head is is obviously who I am because it's what I do and it's what I think you know how can you tell me that that's not who I am so what what would you say to someone who would say that yeah so I do think a big component to this is those tiny actions because Mm. a big part of taking committed action so I guess maybe to back back step once is that really understanding what your values are first and foremost, Mm. before, like the first thing I do with my clients is really work on, you know, what are your values? What do you strive to be like, you know, who is Mm. this future self and really builds that vision? Because Mm. once we have that, that is the anchoring point when you have these thoughts come up. So really the first Mm. core, you know, umbrella first thing is really the values because it's a redirection as well when Mm. you're in your thoughts. So if someone is really like, well, I don't know how to get out of it, or, you know, I'm so stuck in my thoughts, then, okay, you know, we go back to that vision. And you look to say, values are how you want to behave on an ongoing basis. Like that is the definition in the act world is really, you know, what behaviors are you wanting to engage in? Um, moving forward. And so values can, you know, sound like, you know, kindness, loving, um, energetic, authentic. And so that's the, the overview of what the value is, but within values, then you kind of break those down into smaller steps. And so Mm -hmm. when you break down those smaller steps, you start to realize, okay, well on a day to day, how, what does it mean to be energetic? how can I be energetic? Mm. How can I put that into my everyday? And so that then goes down to a one tiny step. If you don't do any movement in the day, then do a very tiny, like two minutes of yoga 
like something very, very small Mm -hmm. or 15 seconds of meditation. Um, you know, anything that you're really truly wanting to start or get into. And I say this um, Mm -hmm. in relation to the thoughts, because if you decide to pick one habit, one small thing to do for yourself every day, it allows you to build that self-trust. And that in itself is really something to look at because when you start to pick that habit and you start to do it each day, you you build this acceptance and knowledge of, oh, I am capable. Oh, I can do it. Mm. Oh, like, you know, mm-hmm. setting yourself up for success with this like tiny, tiny thing. Because I'm sure like as well in society today, everyone's like, you know, let's pick a goal. Okay. Like I want to go run outside for 20 minutes, but it's like, I haven't run in one year. So like, you know, running outside for 20 (laughs) minutes is probably such a far stretch for me to start with. And so our Mm. mind jumps to like, Mm. you know, this, this deep end goal, but it's like, no matter what specific thing that you choose, starting small, sets you up to build the momentum to get to where you want, right? Like there's, Mm, you know, goals are never an overnight thing. And so when it comes to those thoughts, Mm. yes, we do diffusion and we work through them. But to tie into, if you're so fused with one specific way that you are, allowing someone to choose whatever their heart desires towards that value and future self of theirs, let them pick one tiny thing and just let them see for themselves that growth and that expansion of trusting themselves and seeing that they are capable and that there are, you know, the belief can start to expand into a new direction Mm -hmm. because once you Mm -hmm. build that habit and you start to be doing it, you're reinforcing this new identity that is separate from what you believed before that past, right? And so that's why I say when it comes to awareness, the awareness is the first step so that you can start to catch yourself. But then it's like, okay, once you catch yourself in the moment, like what do you do? And so that's where it comes back to an action. Take action. Mm. So an example is let's say you're on the couch and you're three hours deep in Netflix and you have the thought of, (laughs) oh gosh, I'm so lazy. Like Ugh, like, what am I doing? I'm wasting so much time. I can't believe I've done this. I'm a couch potato, blah, 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 right? And then you, you fall into that, that thought pattern. And so you've that caught if, mm-hmm. in that moment. Yeah, and so the thought spiral, right? And so if you can catch yourself in that moment and say, oh, okay, I just noticed that I said I'm lazy and, you know, I am sitting here watching Netflix. And so... This is why I mentioned values because it's a good redirection in those moments. So if your value is being energetic, then you can say, okay, in this moment, am I in alignment with my values? And that answer would most likely be no. And so it's really in that moment, then shifting to be like, okay, what is one tiny thing that I can do right now? And that Mm -hmm. could be as simple as I'm going to set a timer and give myself another 20 minutes of this show, and then I'm done. 
you know, mm. like it doesn't need to be this like black and white of like, I'm never going to go on Netflix or like, <laughs> no. okay, I'm done for the night completely. Like yeah. it's really allowing yourself to just mm. like, okay, catch it and be like, okay, what is something that I can do that can bring me back into alignment with this mm-hmm. new version, this, this new identity that I'm trying to build for myself. And so that can be like, you know what? I used to binge, you know, six hours a night, but now I'm binging four hours or three hours. Mm, And it's like, some people might not like, you're still doing it. That's not good. But it's like, I've actually decreased the amount of binging. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's like actually looking at that in hindsight to be like, Mm. you, you are making improvements. And like I said, it's not a black and white. It's not, you know, I'm not telling people like, don't do that ever again. It's like, you got to slowly work yourself through it because mm-hmm. sometimes you can be so attached to certain identities. Like a perfect example is a smoker, right? Like, um, there's very many different ways to, um, work through that. And there's a lot of avenues. There's so many different cues in your environment that you might try to seek out a cigarette or like, and so your environment is a huge factor as well. Like, you know, mm. if you are a smoker, but all of your friends smoke, it's going to be added, an added layer of stress and struggle mm-hmm. to then mm. not smoke. And so looking at your environment, totally. looking at your community, looking at how you speak to yourself, like all of those encompass each other. And so that really looks at the environment and, and what you can do for yourself in those moments. Definitely. And I, I love what you said, then it's not about getting rid of these behaviors, like, you know, changing them dramatically going from, it's not black and white, you know, and I think life is not black and white. So we shouldn't treat the things that we have within ourselves that, you know, need healing and need, you know, need expanding, as you said, as you said, we shouldn't treat them as that either. We should treat them as something that require our attention, require our pet, but also require our patience, because Mm -hmm. it's about learning how to live a life here and learning how to live a life here I think if we try and just get rid of things and we try and stop them, it builds up a huge amount of resistance, which in fact makes it worse. So um, because it gets a bit stuck in the emotion. So it's, it's that process of integration through really understanding the, like you said, the root of these behaviors and then taking those small actions. And sometimes it's not about getting rid of the behaviors entirely it's just about switching your perspective towards them and yeah naturally some of them just fall away um, Mm -hmm. through that through that shift of perspective yeah absolutely and on that note something that um I've used before is something called an emotional bank account and Mm. you know in this way you can really look at this to be like okay you know on a scale of one to ten what are some of the activities that I really enjoy for myself and the emotional bank account Mm. is like what you know like for me like walking outside in nature is like one of my favorite things so like I would consider that like a nine or ten on my emotional bank account like Mm -hmm. that just like Mm -hmm. fuels my soul and you know but then on that list you can also have Netflix but I would probably consider it more of a one or a two because you know it's not exactly fueling my soul but it is something that I do enjoy that I would probably do on days that I might you know have a really tough day or you know very low energy and that is Mm -hmm. something that can kind of like get me through that Mm. day but it's always the perspective of definitely not falling into this 
deep, deep, like, okay, well now I'm going to go binge like all night for eight hours. Like it's really looking at (laughs) it in a perspective of it's okay to do these things. Like, you know, some people when they're stressed and they come Mm -hmm. home from work and they have a glass of wine, like it's all about moderation, right? So it's like, how much are you willing to accept Mm -hmm. as, you know, that, that level of, yeah, you know, like I'll have a glass of wine once a week, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, but if you're downing two bottles of Mm -hmm. wine a day, that's a different story. And so it really comes back to moderation Mm -hmm. and what kind of fuels your soul. And, um, you know, with that Mm -hmm. emotional bank account of looking at that scale, if you kind of write down all these different things and kind of look at the amount, you know, if, if Netflix is a one or a two, it's better than none. Right. And so if you're isolating yourself Mm -hmm. or, you know, you're numbing, you're completely suppressing, like if you're doing those types of things, I wouldn't consider those a part of my emotional bank account. And so, you know, if Netflix is a little lower on the scale, like, you know, it's still something for me in that moment. Mm. So, yeah, it's just it's about that balance, really, I think, with all of these things, you know, it's like, of course, I'm, I'm totally aware that there are people with, you know, with addictions for example that you know they kind of do have to go teetotal on things but for just the everyday person that is you know maybe just struggling with with these habits and with these things it's like you know just find that balance in your life where these things aren't depleting you draining you but they're or you know the other end Mm. of the spectrum just find them to where they feel at a balanced state in your life so that you can just enjoy them basically Yeah, I think that's a great point. And that's the thing too, is as you go on this journey of healing and understanding yourself and really looking at those triggers and seeing everything, you know, with, I always say like that glass shattering Mm. moment, because when you do have that awareness and you start to see things, you start to pick up on them like everywhere, (laughs) like you start to catch it so much faster. Mm -hmm. And so I always give this like fun example of like, because my background is behavior analysis. And so one Mm. of the big things is like, we really talk about our environment and the stimulus and our cues and our environment. And so, you know, like a perfect example is if I'm driving and I see a donut truck drive by me, you know, I wasn't thinking about donuts before, you know, all of a sudden this stimulus, this cue comes in my environment. And now I'm thinking about donuts. And sure enough, I start to have these thoughts of like, "Mm, I I, like, I love these donuts donuts from (laughs) this place. Like maybe I should go there. And then you end up going to get donuts. And it's like that all stemmed from this cue from Mm. your environment of seeing that truck. And, you know, and so that's why I say like, you are not your thoughts. You cannot control your thoughts because you will have certain things happen in your environment that are out of your control. And Mm. so for instance, like your boss might say like, we have a new project starting and you might immediately get anxious because you're like, oh, does this mean I have more work on my caseload? Like, Mm -hmm. what does this mean? Blah, blah, blah. Like, there's a lot of situations that can elicit these kind of thoughts and feelings. And, and that's normal. And Mm -hmm. that's like, you know, that's our human response. Like our brain's number one job is to keep us safe. That's Mm -hmm. the only thing it wants to do. And Mm -hmm. so if we're trying to make positive changes in our life that are out of our repeated patterns, it's unfamiliar it's out of our comfort zone and our brain will just throw red flags being like, yeah, no, like this is, this is new. This is different. I don't like it. Even if it is something that might be positive. And Mm. so, you know, like our brains are meant to keep us safe and that is their number one job, like evolutionarily built 
Like mm-hmm. if you think of cave people way back in the day, like it was built for survival okay. mode and our brains are still built, you know, created that way. And so when we kind of see it in that light too, it's like, okay, like I can't control these thoughts that come up, but I can manage them and I can mm. control how I respond to them. And mm, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So it's really just, you know, finding that, that awareness and that balance just with everything that we have going on. I love that. And I like what you said as well. It's it's about knowing and learning how to respond because that is really key because we're so reactive in our lives to everything. And it's about, you know, it's that it's that final step. You said it's neutralizing that rea- reactivity to these thoughts, these emotions and dealing with them from a more neutral perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when we have, when we allow ourselves to be a bit more open our perspective of mm. because it all it goes back to that fusion if we believe wholeheartedly that like all of our thoughts that we have are us mm-hmm. we will stay stuck we will run to fear we will you know continue to go on that path because mm-hmm. we're only thinking one track mind of whatever comes in my head is me And so really building that awareness and noticing it without judgment, without this, you know, preconceived decision that, oh, because I thought this, it is me and my identity, um, that in Mm -hmm. itself can keep us stuck. And so expanding through just all of that kind of work really allows us to see it in such a different perspective. I love that. I really like that. So, so where can people find, find you, Sonia? Well, my main hub is Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram at soniajmac.coaching. And I've got my website, which is www.soniamccrimmon.com. And I have spots open for my one-on-one coaching right now. So if anyone is interested, you can um, shoot me a DM on Instagram. And that will all be in the show notes. And for anyone who's kind of interested, you know, act therapy, like that framework is incredible. Like there's something that I've been through myself. So, you know, it's, it's an incredible life-changing movement, I think, in, in that space. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that. And to just wrap up, we ask our guests, you know, one final question, and that's to, to share a message from your soul. So that could be something that comes up intuitively for you that someone needs to hear. Oh, I love that. Hmm. Honestly, I would probably say my message right now is that anytime that we are feeling stuck or lost or in our thoughts, just know that you're not alone Mm -hmm. and there are amazing communities and supports out there, out there, but also um, within our circles too. And just know that you are capable and you are worthy and I am, yeah, I am really excited to just kind of share and um, connect with your community. And yeah. Beautiful. I love that. <laughs> I love it. No, I mean, like sometimes I just get some person say like three words. So, you know, like it doesn't matter if it's sure. I just like, it's nice to just hear what comes up kind of intuitively in that moment. Um, and, you know, normally someone who's listening will just need to hear that. So thank you so much for sharing. It's been great sharing this space with you and I'm sure we'll we'll connect again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. No worries. (laughs) Thank you so much. 
And that's a wrap from today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you feel even more inspired to share your soul and live a limitless life. Don't forget to like, subscribe and share if you love this episode and head to the show notes to find out how you can get even more involved with the community. I'll see you next time for another soulful episode. See you later.